Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Square. I'm Poonam Schallenberger, and I'm here with David Escher, Vice President and Interior Studio Leader. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here today. We're talking about hybridity, natural conversation in the workplace, but we're talking right. about hybridity and culture and connection and really what's at stake when we explore the challenges and opportunities of a hybrid workforce. Um, earlier today, we just got back from lunch, we were talking about friendships and the yeah. number of friendships that come from our workplace. Corgan just did a study of a thousand respondents across the country, hybrid workers, and found that about 75% of them really found their friends at work. And it's interesting. I, I feel like when it made me think, well, where do my friends come from? Can yeah. you talk to me a little bit about what culture means at work, more than just friendships, but maybe even from a friendship perspective? Well, I think it is friends, and we spend so much time with our coworkers. Uh, most of our waking hours are spent at work, and so there's, um, you know, you should be making friendships at spending time with those folks. But the culture is more than more than one or two relationships. It's really kind of how how things are done around here within a company. So it's it is the kind of the interpersonal relationships. It's how the company responds to those kinds of things, how the organization either supports it or doesn't. So some cultures are not a bring your whole self to work kind of culture, and others really lean into that. So, And you can see that in the way that they, they address how they treat their people and how they um, approach kind of workplace design. But the culture for, for a lot of organizations is it's, it is the, the personal connections. It's the way that information is transferred from, from one group to another through mentorship and, and other means. So, you know, so often we think of culture as just like a nice feel-good thing to have. Mm -hmm. But really, there's a pretty direct connection to our productivity. You mentioned everything from like a buddy helping you get up to speed, but it's impacting where people choose to work, how long they stay there, the quality of work that they have. Can you talk to me a little bit about maybe, let's start with like the training portion. What opportunities and or maybe what challenges do we have from a hybrid standpoint when we are onboarding and training somebody? Well, I think there's there's a few things. So obviously there's a lot of online resources to do training and that's been going on for some time. But I think the in-person or at least having someone to check in with you in person is so much more effective because you can get at that more nuance. And, and the person who's asking the question is feels supported. And that's so important for growth and development that someone feels like, the company's behind me. This person is supporting me in my growth and development. And that just leads to better productivity because they felt supported. Right. It's this like passive mentorship that happens. Right. You know, um, I was having a conversation with some folks earlier about how managers, sometimes you're, or, or maybe even senior leadership, you're bouncing from meetings to meetings. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in the office, you really do tend to lose out on that sort of organic in between five minutes. I've got five minutes. Let me review this thing yeah. or give you some feedback. Right. Whereas if you're remote or hybrid, that person has to schedule and, and really carve out that time intentionally. So how do you design opportunities for people when they are in office to have more of those organic and casual opportunities to connect? 
Now, it's a great question, and it's a it's a challenge because you know, it's a little bit of social engineering. You're trying to get people to move in a specific way, and we know that um, as much as design reflects the culture of the organization, it can also shape how people behave, how people move through a space, and some of that's just by the way it's programmed. So. If there's something common that people will go to, um, putting that central so a lot of people will congregate in the same place, or uh, shared resources that are along a pathway where you're likely to bump into somebody, just being really intentional about um, putting shared resources where people will go and see others and allowing space for that. So let's step off to the side and maybe have a sit for a few minutes and have a chat. I mean letting it be more than a hallway, more than a, just a you know a destination. Those things along the way can be really powerful. Right, like little pods to kind of yeah. showcase that collaboration right. happening. Because I think that some of the headlines I've been seeing is just a general dissatisfaction with the state mm-hmm. of work right now. Whether you're an entry-level employee or a senior manager, there's this friction of, gosh, this isn't quite working. And some of that challenge is, is I'm coming to the office, but maybe the people I want or need there aren't there. And so when you're kind of right. creating these opportunities to showcase that collaboration, it, it creates this spirit and culture of let's come together and let's learn together. Right. Um, and I think that even just like positioning probably senior leadership within sight mm-hmm. of other folks, I often think of when you're of mentorship as this opportunity to showcase not only where you need help, but also to say, hey, here's all the great stuff that I've done, Mm -hmm. and for people to identify strengths in that way, too. Right. So how do you you encourage people to kind of come to the office and and see that in action? Because we found in our study that people really respond to and are more motivated when they're around other people or see other people working. What are some ways that you might be able to put some of that work on display? So I think it's uh, providing for team spaces. So if you're working maybe heads down kind of parallel work, but you're kind of working towards the same thing so that you can bounce ideas off of each other quickly, you kind of see each other working. So there's um, people motivate are motivated by other people, having kind of an accountability partner or something like that. So we think about... Um, just if you're if, if you got a bunch of people focused on a task, um, we're designing things like team rooms that can be arranged the way that the team needs for them to work, and they might change within even a day of how people are relating to each other. How are they using those resources? And really letting the space help support the kind of behavior that is needed to get kind of the best productivity, to get the ideas out, to get people sharing with each other and learning together and producing more together. Right. You need to be mindful of the location because if Mm -hmm. it's out of sight, it's kind of out of mind. You know, you mentioned accountability partner. Mm -hmm. And earlier we were talking about even virtual folks that are completely virtual having accountability partners. You want to talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So there's um, and there's several outlets for this, but there's we're familiar with co-working as kind of a place where people would come together. Well, there's actually virtual co-working or virtual um, accountability partners or work partners. So we you basically have a a connection to someone live and not quite in person, but there to where you can say in a moment, hey, can you take a look at this? Or, hey, um, how's that thing going? Or just someone you're kind of checking in on each other. And and it's that support and that feeling like I'm not really working alone. Yeah, I've got someone else who's there alongside me. 
it adds energy to your focus and, and everything else. So it's um, it's an interesting phenomenon that addresses being a part, but really zones it, you know hones in on that need for other people. Yeah, it, it I think it hits this core part of us that we. Mm-hmm. People say it almost flippantly, like we do better together. Right. But it's there's this phenomenon where we were talking even earlier about this pandemic and how we just like naturally we did silly things like take online wine classes together or like online cooking because there was this desire to connect and be with other people. Right. And you're telling me that even if you're fully virtual, you'd rather than being alone virtually, you'd rather have someone to connect with. Right. Virtually. Right. Well, and there's kind of the coffee shop phenomenon, too. People want to be alone in a crowd. They don't want to be necessarily alone at home. They seek out places to be among other people because they draw energy from that. Yeah. Right? So there's and those are the kinds of spaces, too, that you can integrate into a workplace, that kind of third place that allows you to be alone and have focus time, but with kind of the buzz going on around you. Yeah, I think because we've evolved past the conversation or perhaps even the misconception that if you're working from home, you're just in your pajamas and slippers. Mm -hmm. I think that it's become sort of a natural rhythm of our lives. And we understand that some tasks may be done better from home or maybe certainly for a specific person. Right. But it... The office offers this value of being able to say, okay, well, we can bring that energy that people do crave mm-hmm. and sort of feed off of when it comes to productivity. Absolutely. So it seems like even though there might be some moments where someone might be more productive from home for mm-hmm. a certain task, that there's still this enduring quality where we feed off of each other's energy. And right. and it does ultimately drive our productivity or even our motivation um, or even kind of help us understand the end goal and quality. But then there's also this part of culture and community that speaks to how likely we are to stay someplace. Again, managing turnover, managing retention. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about how culture and connection impacts maybe someone's desire to stay someplace or even the quality of product that they turn out? Yeah, I think it was interesting to see. um, Of course, there's going to continue to be lots of studies of what's happened over the last few years. But one of those was, you know, 20 percent of the working population left their jobs in one year. And that's a huge number. And a lot of the people who did that, the majority of them felt like they weren't connected to the organization or to other people at the organization. And it was that lack of connection, that lack of to other people and to culture that made it easy to leave. Yeah. And so if you have a, a connection with someone on a personal level and with an organization on a values level or, or anything else on a human level, you're more likely to stay. And so that's it really builds on itself. So more friends, more reason to stay. Um, it really, it means that those people are going to go talk to their friends or others to say, this is a great place to work. You should really come join us. Yeah. As opposed to, eh. And I, I think we do better work for the people we care about. Exactly. Right? Like, I don't want to let someone down because 
I actually like them. Yeah. I want I'm invested in their well-being and we're kind of invested in each other succeeding. Absolutely. But how do you design for this? Because I don't know if you've seen it on the internet. There's a bunch of people who are like, "Oh, I'm super disgruntled, but here's a pizza party. You should be happy. We're so thankful you're here." Right. And it almost seems that sometimes it's like we understand that there's a lack of culture with hybridity or that it's at least suffered some. And remote work is challenging. It makes people feel disconnected, but it's almost this like well, we'll just put a Band-Aid on it and we'll give you some right. fake. Right. Everyone good? <laughs> um, so so how yeah. do you actually design for that, for that culture and that connection? So I think it's supporting different behaviors. So giving pl- places for people to be, to work alone and be focused, for people to work together and share effort and towards a common goal. But just as important and maybe more so is is there a place to go sit and have a chat over a cup of coffee? Is there a place to go and sit by a window and have lunch together? I mean, places to really encourage and foster those kinds of connections. So if we're always across a table from someone, that's a very different way of relating to somebody than in a lounge chair and a sofa and a different setting because you just, with that different posture, that different kind of atmosphere, you relate to people differently. And so there's ways to kind of engineer how people will respond to each other just by changing their posture and the environment that they're in. Totally. You engage with someone differently when we're on two comfortable chairs next to each other versus at at a desk. And I also, we've talked also about programming, Mm -hmm. right? So many companies have, hey, every Thursday we have this boba party or, you know, here we do forum. And so to kind of create these spaces where you could even host that. Yeah. Yeah. Super important because you you can say we do these things, but if it's not if you don't have the space dedicated for it or a space that can be adapted to it, or it's if it's not hard an, to believe, or if it's not an attractive space, right? right? Like, oh, right. you guys are gonna go do this in some corner, and but yeah. you know if you have a beautiful rooftop or something like that to take advantage of, exactly of that. But David, in order to have connections with other people and to share a boba or mm-hmm. do forum, you have to have people there. Exactly. Right. And I think that sometimes people have struggled with hybridity, giving folks the predictability that they need to go, when I come into the office, I know my friends are going to be there, or I know my boss is going to be able to be there. This mentor is going to be there. What are some ways that you might be able to add predictability and get that sort of connection, that that connection you can bank on when you come to the office? I think it's... um there's a few ways that go about that. I mean, different companies have put in put policies in place to try to reduce some of the unknown, to try to say, okay, everyone's going to be here during these core hours, or people can work from home on a Tuesday or a Thursday, but we're going to be here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So there's some kind of structure that can be put in place from a policy standpoint. But I think for getting people to come in and try to it's got people have to be motivated to get there and so designing a place that supports them better than they could get supported at home is one way to do that usually that's better technology that's better furniture that's you know that supports you ergonomically so just really creating a better environment that fosters that and the predictability is so important because on the opposite side of that uncertainty is one of the things that caused people so much anxiety through the last few years. And that there's still some uncertainty out there, but the more we can kind of bake into reliable connection, 
places that we can gather, those kinds of things enhance a workplace experience and really help foster relationships between people. Yeah, it's an interesting concept that mm-hmm. predictability is often seen as to be almost contentious with flexibility, right? Right. Like, oh, let's put these rules in place. People are like, no, 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 we don't want any rules. We're cool. We're laid back. We're super flexible. Come right. when you want. But what ends up happening is, is you erode, you end up eroding trust, right? Eventually it's, yeah. well, does my employer know that I'm working? Managers are trying to be accountable to their team. And so there is this real benefit that comes from having some predictable parameters in place. Right. And so that that way you can have the culture because it it almost seems like the less parameters you have, the less people maybe are in the office, and then that kind of erodes the trust, and it, your culture just starts to dissipate in some ways. Well, and it, and it, it makes the expectations unclear, right? And so the clarity of um, what we expect from each other, what we owe to each other, is is really key. And so that. To develop trust, it's easier to build trust with someone you spend time with in person, in a shared place, and if you're in a common purpose, even more so. If you're disconnected, it's hard to, we, we have a tendency to wonder what someone else is doing, as I can't see it, so I don't know, and so just having that visibility broken or those, just the, the casual conversation, Connections, those that are not direct conversation or working together, but just, I know they're there. I see they're working hard. Oh, they're struggling with something. I can go over and help. It just, it, it's a different kind of relationship that yeah. is hard to do, if not, if, if not impossible to do um, in a remote situation. So, and we're finding this is true for hybrid workers, that they recognize that it's helpful to have thought home as an option, that certain times mm-hmm. it's maybe a better place to focus or a better place to maybe they have something going on at home and an appointment that they need to be able to be home for. But that there's real value in the office, that it's a place for them to connect with others, a place for, that drives their productivity, mm-hmm. their motivation, their professional growth. It's good for their mental health even. And so how do you create a space now that responds to the shift in the role for the office? Like, what what would you say the role of the office is now? Um, so I think it has some of the same roles it's always had, but I think what's been interesting to learn is as much as we hear some studies that are saying it is the place where culture happens because you have people together and the way that we do things in a shared effort or a shared um, goal, that's the culture, and the space can support that. So that's one of the main reasons to come together into a shared space. And to do that, you have to have places for the casual interactions. You have to have places that really support the work that's being done in the best way that it can be, because if you can do it better at home, why come to the office? So I think that you know, increasing the capabilities of technology is super important uh, just to kind of support different activities really just the right environment to get things done. So interestingly, some studies are showing that people consider the office more valuable for productivity than for culture. Others are saying it's all about culture. We got to get people together because our culture is eroding by being apart. So there's a, it has to be both. I mean, it has to be a place where work can get done better than anywhere else or why go? We have to earn the commute, right? We have to make people want to be there, and it has to be more than the pizza party and a, and a good cup of coffee. Yeah. 
I love that. We have to earn the cameo. So David, I, we've kind of talked a little bit about how the office has evolved some for now. Mm-hmm. Serving is not maybe just a place of productivity, but like you said, I love that earning the drive as a place to be productive, but also to connect with each other. It just doesn't seem like it's coming to a stop here. I feel like hybridity is here to stay. And as we look at future generations and recent graduates who've placed even more of an emphasis on their work-life balance or their own mental health or their social wellness, how do you think the office continues to meet that need and expectation? Well, first, I think we have to keep talking about it um, because it's going to continue to change as people's attitudes change, as the the demographic changes. So um, students who are recently graduated, they, for many of them, they spent half of their college experience in their bedroom, away from students, away from a campus. Talk about being disconnected from a culture. I mean, how do you really feel connected to, you know, your alma mater if you've not spent time there? So a lot of those folks are really looking for that in-person experience because they haven't had it. So the office is going to play a critical role for them. Interestingly, um, in younger attorneys just getting out of uh, law school, they want to be in the office. They want the in-person mentorship. They want the experience of being in the office. And because they are so dependent on other people for their own professional development, it's really critical that they have a place to go to where that can happen organically. Whereas more senior experienced attorneys are finding, I don't need to be there. I can do a lot of this stuff on my own. I can call my, my support team or, so, or whatever. So we've got to get them back too, because if they're not there, then they're not mentoring the younger folks coming in. It goes back to this idea of culture, right? Yeah. Creating a culture for and, and value for everyone. Right. I feel like we've come so far from the ping pong table that you would like this like yeah. obligatory ping pong table right. that you would just put in. You're like, ta-da, we have culture. Everyone's good to go. Yeah. Um, yeah we're it, cool. We're laid back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even as we were asking folks what kind of amenities they really valued, it was the ones that, that worked. The things yeah. that you said, like, it's it's not simple, but it's rather simple. The things that make their jobs easier to do, right. that are functional and make them more productive yeah. to do. And even when we go back to culture, that that whole idea of culture, however you want to capture this very mm-hmm. sort of complex definition, even that ultimately makes your job easier. It is a tool that the office provides, whether it's that passive mentorship mm-hmm. that, hey, I can't figure out how my timesheet works. Can you help shave some right. frustration off my day by helping me figure this out? Yeah. And that speed, that coming up to speed when you're tra- being trained, um, all of that becomes a sort of tool that the, no different than a printer even. Yeah. Um, and so I think the office continues to evolve and sounds like we have a long way to go still too. I think there's a lot to learn and what's, um, this is going to be a conversation we're going to have for many years to come. And I think if people did work from home previously before the pandemic, it was when everybody had to, or not everybody, plenty of people still went to the factory and so on. So there's a, but there's a big shift in how a large group of people who never had a choice suddenly now have choices and organizations are trying to reconcile that. What works best for us? What's important to us? Some are saying everybody's got to come back. Some are saying the flexibility is important. So I think it's, 
it's going to be instructive to see over time how attitudes shift and change. And the more we keep talking about it, the more we're going to find out. Because right now, it's we're, we're learning a lot in the study that we just did, and we'll, we'll continue to do more studies and find other data points to kind of support what we're what we're interested to know about. But it's it's going to continue to evolve. People's change it. People's expectations will change. The office will have to adapt. Uh, but I think it's the office, the workplace, the place where people gather for a common purpose is, is going to be with us for a long time. Yeah. And David, we didn't talk about this very much, but there's this idea of culture even when you're distributed across mm-hmm. different locations. You are in our Houston office. How long I, have you been in our Houston office? Uh, six years. And how would we can end with this question. What What's your favorite thing about the Corgan culture in the Houston office? I think the way we rally around uh, the community service projects that we do, it's something that um, people get excited about. It's, And I think because we have such a strong culture and the friendships at work, we like spending time together outside of work for a, for a shared purpose. And it's something that um, I think those are some of the things that I'm I'm most excited to tell people about when we're recruiting and um, talking to people who are with other organizations. It's like it's just who we are. Um, it's it's a it's a really great value of giving back to the community and serving the community in that way. Um, but it just goes to show it's it's um, it's those things in common that people kind of say, "I want to be part of that," and "I want to belong there." I feel like I belong with this group, yeah. and that uh, sense of belonging is so powerful. Yeah, I think that's why I've enjoyed this conversation with you so much is because it's probably one of my favorite things about being here, too. Yeah. I think we were joking earlier, National Hot Dog Day is coming up. <laughs> and I was like, who am I inviting to my hot dog party? It's, I'm, it's all your it's, work it's friends. It's all my work friends. Yeah. So it was a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you for Likewise. being here. My pleasure. And thank you for watching. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Square. Oh